In Matthew 4.19, Jesus says, follow me and I will make you fishers of men. Join us in this conversation as we discuss following Jesus, leadership, and doing life with others. Welcome to the 419 Disciple Makers Podcast. Welcome to 419 Disciple Makers Podcast. We are so glad that you joined us today, and we are excited about our guest today, Dr. Winston Worrell. Welcome to the 419, Winston. Thank you very much, Mark. It's good to be with you today. It is exceptionally good to be with you. I've uh, We've known each other for several years. Our first yes. meeting, uh, whether you remember this or not, was in a Waffle House. I remember. That's correct. All good meetings start at the Waffle House. <laughs> <laughs> I remember something amazing about that meeting that I'll share later with our guests. But um, So, uh, Winston, you uh, that's, that's not an accent from the U.S. that we're familiar with. Tell us, everybody, where you're from originally. Yes, I, I was born in Barbados, in the Caribbean, yeah. and it is there that I accepted Christ as my Lord and Savior Praise the Lord. in the congregation in which I grew up. Now, were you raised uh, by Christian parents? I was raised by Christian parents. What a blessing. And one of the things I usually say is that um, from the time I was small going to Sunday school and church, I always hear my parents talk about the Lord Jesus Christ as being important in their lives. And then I went to Sunday school, and my Sunday school teacher shared how important Jesus was. And then on Sundays, I kept hearing the same message, and I knew it was important for me to personally accept Christ into my life. Yeah. And thank God, Mark, has made all the difference oh, I can only, in my life ever since. I'm with you on that one. And yeah. not only has it obviously made all the difference in your life, you've committed your life to sharing the good news of Jesus with the world. I know that about you. Well, thank you so much. And that's why I'm excited for everybody today to be listening, because so many people are fearful or afraid of sharing what Jesus has done in their life and uh, you have spent your life literally going around the world teaching people how to do that. And, the, I'm, and I'm so excited because the church is at a point right now in the world where we do need to be sharing our faith. Yeah. We cannot afford to keep the message of Christ to ourselves. Mm. So many people around the world have never, ever heard the name of Jesus or heard it shared as a significant person in, in, in people's lives. Mm. And so if they never hear, they'll never have the opportunity right. to accept Christ as their Lord and Savior. Well, I'm excited today about the tools that we'll hear from you that may help some of us figure that this isn't somebody else's job to do. This is our job to do as believers. This is our great responsibility. It's our privilege. Amen. Don't you, don't you see it that way? It, it really is. And, you know, sometimes, Mark, when I'm teaching a class on mission, I would move across the room and I'll, I'll tag people. I don't know if you know that game, tag, where you touch somebody uh -huh. and they have to touch somebody else. And mm -hmm. you say, you're it. Mm -hmm. And I, I move across the room and say, you're it. God is depending on you. If you don't do it, who's going to? Oh, that's great. So and God children tithes get it. each of us. Children understand that, don't they? But we tend to lose it as adults. <laughs> hey, Amen. That's exactly right. So you're raised by Christian parents uh, in Barbados, yes. and um, you're hearing this this consistency from the adults in your community. Yeah, you accept Christ, and um, when do you actually decide that you want to be a pastor or a preacher? Well, I felt the call of God. Um, <clears throat> excuse me, in my own life, the morning that I actually went forward to accept Christ. Mm. I remember what age was that? God, I, 
It's so long ago. <laughs> <laughs> I guess I was in my early 20s. Oh, okay. Very, so very young man. Very early 20s, yeah. But God sent a preacher to my home church. I'd never seen him before. I've never seen him since. Hmm. But I felt God sent him to preach a message of, of hope and, wow. uh, and really convicted my, my soul. And I remember walking out from among the young people, sitting in a young people's section, and I knew that God had a claim on my life. And when I went forward from there, I really felt the call of God to, to do more than just sit in the pew, but to respond to God in whatever ways God desires. And I felt that was going into the full-time ministry of the church. And so for um, you, that meant relocating to Atlanta, Georgia, and going to seminary? Well, actually, we do have a seminary in Jamaica okay. where pastors go in training from all across the Caribbean, and it's, 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 um, it's owned by many denominations. Okay. And so at that seminary, we meet pastors in training from many different denominations, and when we graduate, we can work together How about that? in a ministry for Christ. Working together with... Across denominations, what a concept. <laughs> it is. It really was. And so, so it's there that I got my training. We, did, we do four years of theological education. Okay. And then from there, um, I served in a different countries in the Caribbean before coming to Atlanta. You know, to yeah. some of us listening, we think, man, that would be the dream job, is uh, working in, Carib- in, a, in the resort places of the Caribbean. Is that what it's like? I know. Um, <laughs> from an American perspective, that's where a lot of tourists go. Right, right. Um, but, but the ministry is just like many, a ministry in, in many parts of the U.S. as well, mm-hmm. because, you know, we are all human and uh, we are sinners saved by grace. Yeah. But yet we still have the imperfections mm. in church life that affects us wherever we are. And so there's no perfect church, no perfect congregation. I know. I've thought about <laughs> trying to find it, but then somebody said if I joined it, I would blow it, make it imperfect. So <laughs> I just stopped looking. <laughs> oh, my goodness. That's reality, isn't no, it? <laughs> sobering, sobering. Yeah. So, um, so you serve as a pastor in the Caribbean. Uh, yeah. At what point did you make your way to the U.S.? Because I know that's, you worked on your Ph.D., I think, at Candler School of Theology. Doctor of Ministry. Doctor of Ministry. And um, I did come to the United States in 1989 okay. to do my doctorate at, at Emory mm-hmm. University here in Atlanta. And I've been here in Atlanta ever since then. I've served, after I graduated, I served the World Methodist Evangelism Institute, which is a ministry of Candler School of Theology at Emory mm-hmm. and the World Methodist Council. And so it gave me the opportunity to give leadership to... Um, a ministry of training leaders in evangelism. Wow, all around the world. All around the world. How many countries do you think you've been to in your in your lifetime, do, traveling around? That's a good question, Mark. Uh, I know I have done ministry in about 50, 50 something countries. Fifty countries. Uh, yes. Wow, and you've. It, but I've visited others, but you know. From your perspective, mm-hmm. um, what we're about here at four nineteen, of course, uh, most most of our listeners know this. Yeah, is about living the Great Commission as a lifestyle. Whether you're Amen. a minister, whether you work in a factory, whether you're a school teacher, a stay-at-home mom, it doesn't matter. Amen. The Great Commission uh, yeah. is the same for all of us. Correct. Go and make disciples. Correct. What have you seen around the world that is that is a um, that is common 
regardless of the culture or the people, when it comes to helping them connect to Christ? Well, I would say, Mark, that one of the one of the things I see in terms of Christians and their church life is that there's a desire for people to want to share their faith, mm. but a lot of people are either afraid or anxious or they've never seen it done. Uh. And therefore, if they've never seen it done, they um, don't know how to do it mm-hmm. or what's the first step. And um, and so one of the things I, I have learned over the years is that the only way to learn to share your faith is by sharing your faith. Yeah, There's no shortcut. Well, oh, that's disappointing. Most I, people are hoping there's a shortcut, right? <laughs> <laughs> I usually use the analogy of, of any sport, you know, any any ball player who who has done well started at some point practicing. Yeah. And a coach or uh, somebody who was looking out for good players saw the person practicing. Mm-hmm. And if they'd never been practicing, they would never have been called up mm-hmm. to ser- to 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 play in in the major leagues or any league. And so sometimes we as Christians, we remain quiet, remain in the pew, we never share our faith, and so we never get called up. Or sometimes a coach, God, calls us up, but we're not ready. Oh, wow. (laughs) Because we haven't been practicing (laughs) to share our faith. And so I know it's nerve-wracking. The first time I started, it was very Mm nerve-wracking. But the more we practice, the more we discover that God's Holy Spirit is available to us, to help us to share that's share the promise. Our faith. That's what he promised us, right? Yeah. So, how do you teach someone? Then, let's say the, someone today is listening. You're either driving to work or on the treadmill, um, or um, acting like you're paying attention on a conference call. Not that I've ever done that. Um, how would you? Um, what are the steps that you would teach someone to become someone who shares their faith with people? I don't know if I have steps, Mark, but but one of the things I've discovered, I've learned this from. Um, a number of the persons who have had an influence on my own evangelism ministry, um, one of these things I've discovered is that faith sharing is in the first person. Mm. And this is one of the principles that I've put into practice. I've seen young people put it into practice. That is, that whilst all the principles are helpful, yet each person's story is unique. My story is different from your story. Therefore, there are persons that my story can intersect with in their lives because it's similar. Your story will intersect with other people Mm -hmm. because your story is different. Mm -hmm. And so what I've discovered is if Christians can just get about the business of sharing what God continues to do in their lives, not just looking back, when they first give their lives to Christ, but 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 the Holy Spirit is continuously working in, in us and through us. Our lives are continuously being transformed. And so they're constant stories mm-hmm. of what God is doing. Yeah. So if we can put aside the fear and anxieties and just simply allow God to use us to share some of those stories, it doesn't have to be long, but there's somebody waiting for my story, your story, the listener's story, somebody's waiting right now and will be glad to hear that God is alive and can make a difference in their lives. You know, I remember when you came and spoke to a group I was a part of and you did a, uh, some seminars for us, teaching yeah. us how to share. 
how to share our story. And you, you gave this analogy, which I loved. You, you told this whole group of people, you said, picture yourself sitting on a train and a woman sits down beside you and sees you with a Bible or sees you with a cross necklace or something. And mm-hmm. somehow the conversation starts and asks you, who is Jesus? And we all took the bait if I recall, and we all started describing the historical Jesus. Well, he was a man, he was from Nazareth, he was born in Bethlehem, da-da-da. And then after we kind of went through that, it was was actually uh, dry and difficult, and it felt like we were describing some movie we'd seen. But then you said, now stop. What she doesn't want to know is who is the historical Jesus. She wants to know who is Jesus to you. Amen. And you know what? I felt the entire room... The, the temperature of the entire room just changed because Amen. people kind of relaxed and said, oh, okay, well, I met Christ when I was in college or something like that. And they began to tell Amen. their story, and it felt like they were in their own skin. Amen. It was like they were wearing their own clothes. Amen. And I don't know why it took you kind of doing the bait and switch on us like that to work, but it really Amen. did. I never forgot that, Winston, and I used that with all the men I, I in my discipleship groups. Amen. It's who they don't want to know who Jesus is. They want to know who has Jesus been to you. Correct. Correct. Because if there's hope for you, then there's hope for them. Correct. I love that principle that evangelism, sharing, faith sharing is in the first person. Correct. And it doesn't matter what language you speak, doesn't matter what culture you're in, doesn't matter what age you are. Um, first person. And the, the other thing about that is, Mark, is that. Each person's story is unique, yeah, and it's authentic. Mm-hmm. No one can argue your story. <laughs> it's true. You have experienced Christ. You know Christ loves you. You know Christ has offered you salvation, and therefore, it's authentic, it's real, it's true. Mm. So don't be afraid to share it, because there's somebody waiting, somebody listening for your story. I think it was you that I... that that I heard who said that the gospel came to you on its way to someone else. Amen. And to think about the fact that if I hold that good news and I don't share it, yes, then I break the, I break what God is doing. I break that cycle, so to speak. Correct. Um, Correct. So once, once you get people, once you have someone agree with you that uh, faith sharing is, is, um, is unique, yes. it's in the first person, it's authentic, Yes. What what other ways have you helped them to become people who share their faith? One of the other ways is for us to discover where God wants us to serve. There are some people whose gift is witnessing to strangers. And so as if that is that person's gift, they have to find ways to go out and meet strangers. So such persons have to go into supermarkets, you know, stores and restaurants ball fields, um, places where they will meet strangers. Sometimes we... I can feel most of our audience right now just cringing, thinking about doing that. (laughs) I I know. But there are some people out there that go, this is great, that's what I like. I don't want to share it at my home. (laughs) (laughs) That is correct. Um, On the other hand, there are some people whose gift is in small groups. Mm -hmm. And so if their gift is working in small groups then they need to find ways to develop small groups. They might, they might have to develop uh, small groups in their homes mm-hmm. or in a community somewhere. And so to provide opportunities not to bombard people with the gospel, but to develop relationships 
and allow the Holy Spirit to lead in those in those relationships. You know, yeah, I, that, that, that's very authentic place. I mean, when you invite amen. someone in your living room, your kitchen, they see how you live. Amen. I mean, that's where your story really begins. There, your family pictures, a sure. Bible. Those are the types of uh, places I think that sure. breed authenticity. Sure. Just to step back a minute about um, finding places to meet people. I remember one time I was at McDonald's a restaurant, mm-hmm. and I was working on my computer. It was a Friday morning, uh, about mid-morning, and this gentleman came, an elderly gentleman, and he tapped me on the shoulder, and he said, Sir, you're sitting in my seat. Was it, was it Ronald McDonald? <laughs> <laughs> no, it was not. <laughs> <laughs> but apparently every Friday morning, mid-morning, he oh. comes to McDonald's and he sits in that seat. I thought that only happened at church. I, I didn't know. know that happened at McDonald's too. I know, <laughs> exactly. But, you know, I saw it as an opportunity that God provided for me to share my faith with him. Wow. So if I was working in my office at home, I would never have met him. How about that? would never have been an opportunity for me to so be So you weren't offended by that. You used that as an opportunity. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. <laughs> yes, yeah. In fact, I jokingly tell some people that um, I said, sir, I'm so sorry. And I got up and I sat on the other side of the table facing him. <laughs> <laughs> That's great. So, you know, so I think that when we open ourselves to God, God provides these opportunities and even though we are afraid, I am afraid sometimes, of course I am, uh, as a human being. Now, when you let me but, ask you a question, because it's, it sounds to me like you were just mm-hmm. positioning yourself for yes. God to use you. Yes. Um, when you went to McDonald's that day on your computer, were you literally thinking, I'm going to sh- get to share my faith today, or were you just working on your computer? At both. Um, because I, before I leave home in the mornings, I, I pray and ask God to be my guide. Mm-hmm. Um, I said, this is, this is your day, Lord. Mm-hmm. And if there's somebody you're going to put in my way, I just want to be available. So if nobody comes or if there's not an opportunity to share, then, of course, I'm, I'm thankful. If there's somebody for me to share with, I'm also thankful. Yeah, the win-win. So, yeah, sure. And sometimes, Mark, it's not necessarily a conversation Sometimes it's simply offering a blessing to somebody. What do you mean by that? Somebody may come to the particular place I am, you know, a restaurant, store, wherever, and they might be distressed. Mm-hmm. And I look on their face and God might, I might feel God urging me to give a word of encouragement mm-hmm. or to say, you know, may God bless your day today mm-hmm. or, or some, some kind of word that can make a difference in that person's life. Wow. I may never see that person again, hmm. but but you know I'm just praying that I am an, just another person along the way of a point of grace to that person. I'm so life. glad to hear you saying that, Winston. Because <laughs> I mean, you have this doctorate in this stuff. You go around the world teaching evangelism, and yet what I'm hearing you say is that sometimes just a kind word to Amen. a stranger can be sharing your faith. Amen. That's it's it. not always all that there is, of course. Correct. But that's how Correct. you start that. A friend of mine, um, I don't think he'd mind me sharing his story, but he uh, is a faithful man of God today. Amen. And his story is this, and I hope this encourages you out there. He said um, he was playing golf at a place he'd played on, never really played on a Saturday. His wife was out of town, so he was going to 
planned on playing on there on a Saturday and a Sunday. He yeah. got paired with an older gentleman that he really liked playing with on Saturday. Yeah. He asked the man at the end of the round, he said, are you playing tomorrow? Thinking, you know, let's get a tea time together because this was, this was fun. He said the man looked at him and just kindly said, no. He said, I just think a man ought to be in church on Sunday. Amen. That was all he said. Uh, this guy that I know points back 20-something years ago and says, I can't, couldn't shake that quote, that thought. The next morning, he said, I began to take my family to church. They've been in church ever since. He's Amen. a disciple maker now. He, he works with me in leading covenant groups. And I thought, and he tells, he will tell you to this day, that was a mile marker moment. Amen. A man saying, I just think a man ought to be in church on Sunday. Yes. Now that's easy to say. He didn't force his way on him. You know, <laughs> he didn't quote a hundred scripture verses. <laughs> <laughs> it yeah. was just, just a word from his experience and his conviction. Well, and so many of sure. us don't think that that is fruitful or viable, but you're telling yeah. us that it is. Certainly. And the man who shared that with him may never know or may never hear the rest of the story. No. Well, like the man who uh, <laughs> went preaching at your church that you don't even remember. That's right. My guess is he doesn't remember you either. Correct. <laughs> Correct. <laughs> Correct. But that doesn't matter. It doesn't because matter. Because God gets the credit. For more information, check out our website, 419disciplemakers.org. Join us again next week as we continue our conversation on the 419 Disciple Makers podcast.